This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's not 10 o'clock. You're at the right place. We're going to roll some sports next. We're going to do it at 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Harvey and Joe, we're here until 10 o'clock. Then it's Big Daddy Ty Butler on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty in for Dan Grassa. And thank you, Harvey. I hadn't heard that theme in, Joe, has it been, what, about a month? <laughs> Seems like that. About a month. Two and a half, three weeks? Theme. Yeah, maybe? at least. At least. And then, and then I went away for a week. I was away on vacation for a week. So I haven't heard that theme in a while. In a while. Man, I almost forgot what it sounded like. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Dan Grosser Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Whether you like it or not, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the Yankees and Angels and the Mets and White Sox. We'll get you keep you updated with those two games. And when I left you last night, Harvey, Joe, I told the audience when the Mets got the big lead because this has been a season where I've seen this before lots of times. And I said, Talk to me in the ninth inning. They win that game. They were up 11-4. They win the game 11-10. And they almost lost that game. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what that would have done? And I'm not talking about to the fans, because the fans right now, Met fans, Yankee fans, they're kind of in the same boat. You're really like disappointed. You're just like, you know, the the Yankees aren't scoring runs. The Mets, when they score runs, they don't get pitching, like last night. And so you just you know, you're like, what what? What's gonna happen? What what are we doing here? Should we just give up? Should we just say, you know what, this season is over, it's done, forget about it. And so last night, I'm, you know, after the show, I'm watching the game and I'm watching the lead dwindle and I'm watching the lead dwindle and I'm watching the lead dwindle and I'm like, <laughs> lose and put me out of my misery. Lose so I know that there's no shot officially. There's no shot at a postseason. Now, could, look, do I think there's going to be a postseason? <laughs> Come on, absolutely not. But there's that little voice inside. That says, you know what, maybe there's a shot. I don't really believe it. But, you know, when you've seen things happen to other teams, you think, you know what, why not us? So that's the scenario there. But am I expecting much? No, I'm not. I'm really not. This season is, it, it's, it's, it's pretty much done. I mean, what have you seen? And I'm letting you inside the questions, the conversations I have with me. What have you seen to make you think that they are going to put a stretch together where they get good hitting, good pitching, good fielding, and minimize their mistakes for two or three weeks? <laughs> I haven't seen it. So that's why I don't feel I don't feel like it. Similar with the Yankees. The only difference is, and I don't know what they're going to do. And I thought Dan made a great point with Don on the case show earlier about the people who are available, the type of players who are available for the Yankees at the trade deadline 
are add-on pieces, not make a difference pieces, right? Add-on pieces, not make a difference pieces. There's no, Juan Soto, no. Ortani, no, 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 no. But, you know, Bellinger or something, yeah, there's, there's some names that, that would be nice. But here's the thing. Even though they're additional pieces, in a couple of positions, they would be big time, big time additions based on what you have right now. And the one person that I really feel bad for right now on the Yankees is Sean Casey. Because he came in and he was made the, the savior. Oh, he's going to come in. And he's going to turn things around. This is it's. This is what we've been. This is what we've needed. We've needed a guy to come in here and look and, and analyze and break video down and give these guys a fresh approach. And everything's going to be okay. This is what we need. It doesn't. This is all our problems are solved. We've got Sean Casey here. And it's so unfair to him. It's so unfair. Because you knew what, how is he going to come in and make right away an immediate impact that turns this thing around? It's not that simple. Baseball's not that simple. Listen, you had to do something. It was a panic move. Let's 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 give it to somebody. Let, let's let's do something. And they did. So they brought in Sean Casey. Now we'll see. Maybe things will get better. Can't get much worse. I mean, 17 strikeouts, like, uh, you know, day before yesterday is, is not good. That's not that's not understanding where your strike zone is. That's not waiting for your pitch. That's swinging wildly, and that's not that's not going to get it done. So both local teams, baseball wise, are in a mess. <laughs> okay, they're in a mess. They are in a mess. And I just I, I just don't know how it's going to turn around. I don't know how it's going to turn around. I really don't. Yankees, maybe trade deadline, something happens. Mets are right now, they're sellers. There's no question. They're sellers. What else are they going to be? What else are they going to be? So today was report day for the New York Jets. Oh, yes. And now it begins. All the conversation, all the talk about what's going to happen with this team, all the talk about this and that. We now start for real. Serious business because this is training camp. And there are so many stories here. So many jobs, so many positions that you got have your eyes on with this Jet team, right? If you're a Jet fan, obviously you're feeling pretty confident with the fact that I think Iris said it a couple of days ago when he called and said for the first time in I don't know how long, I'm not worried about the quarterback position. I'm feeling pretty good about the quarterback position. And it's been a long time since the Jets have said something like that. Vinny Testaverde, maybe? Some Chad Pennington fans? 
but it's been a while. But once again, it's really for me just observing and having covered the team forever. For me, it's really about the play of the offensive line. Now, once again, I stand by it. The identity of this Jet team is their defense. That's the identity. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is there. Of course, the offense is going to be a major factor. The identity of this team is their defense. But a very important part of this team and the offense is the offensive line. And what can you expect from Makai Becton, whether he's going to be a left tackle or right tackle and talking to Rich Samini, it's really going to be right tackle. I don't see him going left tackle. How could, I don't see it. Unless there's an injury. So you figure he's going to be a right tackle. And this is, this is such an important year for him. This is, I can't stress how important, I'm sorry, I just saw a pitch that Stanton swung at. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, this is a major, major season for him. He has been the topic of conversation a lot for all the wrong reasons. And I hope for him, I hope for his family, I hope for Jet fans, that he can just settle in, do his job, stay healthy, and show what he can be. And show that he is a guy that can be available show that he is a guy that can do the job, show that he is a NFL offensive lineman because he's been in the news for all the wrong things. He's been in the news for his weight. He's been in the news for his, for his conversation. He's been in the news for what's blaming coaches and all this stuff. All that, at this point now, all we want from you Makai Beckton, it's just play. Just play, man. Just play. Just play and be available. That's all, that, that's all you need to do. This offensive line is probably one of the biggest keys for this team. And the reason I say probably is because there's some personnel issues. You know, you want to see what happens. How's the defense play? Uh, how does Sauce Gardner adjust with his second year? Gary Wilson, the, the two players who, you know, and rightfully so, were the rookies of the year on both sides of the football. Okay, how do they adjust to him now? How teams are going to go against them, right? How how do they adjust? How does Gary Wilson adjust to the way teams are going to cover him now? How does Sauce Gardner adjust to the ways that teams are going to attack him now, Right. So that, those are the things that you look at. But for me, this offensive line has got to produce. This offensive line doesn't produce. People are going to lose their jobs. It's plain and simple. It's plain and simple. We'll talk baseball a little, lot, a little later, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the Jet and the Giant fans. Giant fans, right now, if right now I want you to tell me at 1-800-919-3776.
what do you feel will be the outcome of this Saquon Barkley situation? Will he be in the backfield for your Giants week one against Dallas? Give me your thoughts. 1-800-919-3776. Jet fans, what are your thoughts as your team starts their training camp on the field tomorrow? We'll come back and talk to you. It's Hardesty and Fagrasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, we're the, we're the New York Jets. That's why. So, I mean, you can you can take it any way you want it. You know, people people going to – when people hear New York Jets, they're either going to think losses or now when they hear New York Jets, they're going to think automatic Super Bowl. But that's – we can't think that way. We just got to stay focused. We got to stay grounded and um, take, take this camp one day at a time because each day is going to bring a new challenge for us. And um, each day, um, each person has to be able to accept that challenge and, and be able to take it on. C.J. Mosley chatting about what camp is going to be like and the expectations of this New York Jets team here on 98.7 ESPN. And listen, of course he's right, obviously. You know, when you brought Aaron Rodgers in here, you upped the pressure. So we'll see if this team, how this team handles it. And, you know, once again, it, it's... We say it's a long season, but it really isn't. But there's a lot of pressure on this team. There's no question about it. And it will be interesting to see how they handle the pressure. Let's go to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? The opening was interesting. Uh, the theme song throws me off, too. You know, you get used <laughs> to certain well, you know, you have, a, you have a move. You know, I'm sure you've moved. You used to live in Jersey, and you've been around a little bit. And then you try to establish the way, what side of the bed and the bathroom. If it's one, you're lucky enough to have one in your bedroom. <laughs> you know, you're going to stub your toe at one point. What is that song? I'm <laughs> anyway, it's good to, it's, it's good to have you. I, I was just uh, reminiscing. I'll get to the football in a second because I saw a picture of uh, – of what do they call him? The big ticket? I don't know, whatever nickname. He's done nothing to me so far, this guy. He's uh, proven to be injured all the time. The tackle, right tackle, left tackle. Oh, he just. Makai Becton. Yeah, yeah Makai Becton just, uh, you know, drafting's hard. You know, we talk <laughs> so much, uh, and a lot, most of it's basketball, and then you have your football callers and all, and, you know, you know them all. I listen when I'm not educated on that phase of the game. But uh, obviously, basketball's got to be a little easier because there are fewer players, just just by the sheer numbers. But I was uh, met a guy a couple of nights ago. I forgot to tell you the other day. Time just moves fast now, Larry. That's scary. But you take advantage of what you have left. And mm-hmm. uh, talking about growing up in Brooklyn and all the basketball players at a boys high. And uh, I told you this when uh, Vaughn Harper had passed away that, uh, you know, as a guy that uh, played against boys and, and went up there and it was, you know, you, could, you couldn't win there. You, you just mm-hmm. you couldn't win in that building. It was a little tiny gym and, you know, no different than Fordham, I guess, with the advantage, never never the same caliber or level, but all the NBA players. And, and I just, just was talking to this guy and he's my age and he said, do you know Lenny Wilkins, Tommy Davis and, and Hugh Evans, don't forget referee Hugh Evans uh-huh. was on that team. It's on that same basketball team. And you think about uh, if you read their bios, when you have extra time when you get older and your responsibilities are fewer, just take care of yourself, you know. And you and you 
look at, you know, 2,000 games, 200 playoff games, and, and you know, Tommy Davis, 160 runs back in. Yeah. And these are, these are Brooklyn guys like you had, your Manhattan guys and the Bronx guys, mm-hmm. and everyone, you know, everyone has their favorite. But uh, time's flying by because I just uh, – Went through some numbers, and Vaughn Harper's gone already, like four yeah. years. You know, and, and I listened. I listened to him at where you used to work. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was just like, what? What a pair of pipes, huh? What oh, please, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, but you knew he could play. You knew oh, yeah. his career, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, had a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, had a cup of coffee with the Detroit Pistons. Played played yeah. alongside Jim Beheim at Syracuse. Well, that that no, that's that's the uh, no, that's the other guy. That's the mayor of Detroit. That's Dave Bing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave Bing played alongside Bayheim. Uh, 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 Hall played for Bayheim with another boys guy. I forget the names at this point, but you're going way back where Bay, the backcourt was Bing and Bayheim. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Dave Bing is a, the top fifty or seventy five all time great player and a very very successful gentleman. You know, I met him a number of times. He was mayor of Detroit for during the tough times. Mm-hmm. I think he took over. But anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked. I want to make one football comment. So yep. so my buddy, a couple of my buddies are football fans too. One of my boys is gigantic Jets fan, and his uncle was partners with Klecko. And and Buttle, and in, in, in you can ask Buttle next time you connect with him in a restaurant, uh, like a sports bar place on Long Island. And, uh, you know, you see this guy, and I don't know what the fuss is over Mackay Becton. What has he done? Is it just Nothing. his size? <laughs> that, that's the fuss, Spike. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. Nothing. Nothing. He, he Even in the first year when he was a rookie, okay, even when he was a rookie, and you saw the potential of him just mowing down people, okay? There were games that he couldn't finish because he had he had a you know because of, of physical issues and he was being overweight, even then. And then knee injury after knee injury because you know the the knees couldn't take the weight, and so he's dropped a lot of weight. He looks good, so we'll see now if he can you know, get his career going because while last season, and it's been talked about a lot, while last season was a really good draft, you know, the, where you got the Gary Wilson and and, and company and, 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 you know, all the folks that, that came in, Sauce Gardner and company, all right, before that, what, what kills you is the Zach Wilson, and then you go back to this 2021, you know, where Denzel Mims is like done. He was your second pick. Okay, so you're, you know, this is, and he was he was a speedster. He was a guy that tall with speed. In theory, he should have been unbelievable. In theory, what six two. Four 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 five speed, should have been great. Couldn't get on the same page. Couldn't get couldn't couldn't get on the field, and when he got on the field with this current regime, couldn't make plays. Drop balls, penalties. Just couldn't do it, and I mean worked hard. 
you can hear, you know, the coaches were saying, boy, he's really working, trying to get, trying to get, learn what we're asking them to learn and everything. Just, just couldn't get it done. And so now you're looking at that 2020 draft. It's, 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 it's not great. It's not great. 1-800-919-3776. More calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is my leverage. My leverage is I can say f*** you to the Giants. I can say f*** you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. Right. I won't play it down. And that's a play I can use. Do I, anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But like, it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like, I never, I never thought I would ever do that. But like, now I'm in a point where it's like, Jesus, like I, I might have to take it to this level. And like, am I willing? Am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. That's something I got to sit down and like, I got to talk to my family. I got to sit down and talk to my team. Got to really, you know, strategize about this. Can't just like go off of emotions. That's Saquon Barkley on the Money Matters podcast. Now, Giant fans, this was recorded before Monday. All right, so this was recorded before the 4 p.m. deadline. Uh, but that's his thought process. It's hard to see him for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, let's hear more from Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon, do you still you really want to be a Giant for life? I've came up publicly and said that. I want to be a, a giant for life. I didn't want to hit the free agency market. Like, obviously, I feel like it could have been done. We could have got the job done. Obviously, you know, they have their they have their version of it. I have my version of it. But that's probably where it's like, to me, where it's a little, it don't sit right with me because I'm like, I've came out. Like, I don't, I want to be here. Like, I, nothing more. I would love to bring a Super Bowl, bring a championship to the place I was born. Like, I was a Jets fan growing up, but I would drive by that stadium when I would go from Pennsylvania to New York to visit my family. And, like, even if I was asleep or whatever, my dad would always make sure I seen that stadium. And, like, in my mind as a kid, like, I'm going to play in that stadium one day. Like, you know, kind of, like, manifested all that in this here. So, like, I don't, I'm, I live in New Jersey. I got a beautiful home. My family loves it. I'm close to my family. Like, for me, it's like I don't want to go anywhere else. And, like, I just want to get to football. You know, when you hear that, you really, from an emotional fan standpoint, you're really like, man, they should take care of my guy. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, Giant fans. That's how you feel. They should take care of my guy. Here's a guy who wants to be here. This is a guy who has performed for you and wants to play here. Now, once again, as we've said over and over and over again, the Giants want him on the team. They just don't want the guaranteed money to be what the guaranteed money would be that he wants. That's all. They want, they don't want to put guaranteed money in there for him because they're concerned about his availability, A, and whether the production will go down like it went down for a couple of weeks last season. So that's why they're having the move they've that's why they made the decision they did now i'm curious as to what would happen going forward i wonder if for example if the giants and saquon let's say there's one final conversation before let's say one before next week right let's say the giants reach out to saquon's agent hypothetically 
and say, you know, listen, we're just touching base with you one one more time. You know, campus coming in. Um, you know, is there anything? Because there's rumors that there's reporting that they made a couple of, uh, you know, final offers and the two sides just couldn't get it done. So once again, the Giants want to have him on the team, but they want to have him on the team at their price. So the question becomes, all right, so let's say we bring you in, you play for the franchise tag this year, and we won't, and we will not franchise you next year. We probably will not. We will not franchise you next year, which gives you the opportunity for maybe a, another a multi-year deal. Would that be something that Saquon would be interested in? I'm just curious. I'm trying to figure out now what's the next move that would keep Saquon from sitting out and saying, you know what, I'm not playing. I'm just not going to play. I'm not going to, you know, what he said earlier about uh, the leverage that he has, which will be sit out and, you know, hurting. It hurts the team, his teammates. It hurts the team. But he knows how he feels, and this is something that he feels strongly about, and he wants his money. So I'm curious what, what the next step would be there. All right, Saquon, let's talk a little bit about this bye week deal. Why didn't you accept the Giants offer during the bye week? I got offered during the bye week. They offered me a number. And the bye week really had like three days. I, I wasn't going to accept it. I was like, you know what? I, I'd rather kind of just finish off the season. The number that they offered me, they kind of thought I might jump at because of my injury history. But as me being a competitor, you know, I was like, I, I'd rather bet on myself. I'd rather bet on myself. I, I know how my body feels. Uh, and you know what? I feel like I'm continuing to have a good season. In hindsight, well, listen, I don't know what the deals were. I don't know. Obviously, the guaranteed money wasn't right, so that's why he didn't take the deal. Even if it, even if the if the guaranteed money was right, whether it was one day, two days, or three days, he just signed it. Guaranteed money wasn't right, so that's why he didn't sign it. So I get it. But I'm just really, I'm really curious, what's the next step? Will the Giants, I mean, not that they have to. Seriously, they don't. Because they've made their decision. If either he either he plays for the franchise tag or that's the way it goes. That's the way it is. This is going to be a uh and, and hearing more and more giant fans, it, it, it's fascinating because emotions run hot and cold, right? There's some giant fans who understand, listen, Joe Shane's doing what he has to do. I love Saquon, but you know, am I winning? Am I winning a championship with Saquon this year? No. Am I winning a championship with Saquon next year? Probably not. So, let's do what we have to do. Get the pieces we need, and let's go. Let's do it that way. Then there's others who are right now, who kind of agree with Sao Paulo Antonio, who yesterday, on Get Up, said the Giants are not making the postseason without Saquon Barkley. And so you got those Giant fans who are just. You know, how could you do this? This was this is our guy. This is a guy who performed. This is a guy who's played. This is a guy who took a bunch of hits for you. This is a guy who last season, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, in your first year here, he was a guy that made that offense go. He was a guy that really had things cooking. He was a guy that really helped Daniel Jones out in, in some tough situations offensively. And he can't get 
22, 23 million guaranteed? Can he get a portion of it guaranteed? Not yet. <laughs> he hasn't been able to get it done yet. That's for sure. 1-800-919-3776. Interesting uh, response on Twitter. Question on Twitter. At Hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7. And it comes from my nephew, Jay Blaze NYC. He says, Uncle L, let's say the Jets go 11 and 6. Aaron goes 65% completions. 4,130 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, seven picks. They lose their playoff game, 37-31, to the Jags or Ravens. Is that a failed season? Does Salah keep his job? And would Aaron come back? 11-6. and six, 32 touchdowns, 7 picks. That's not a bad season. 4,130 yards passing on 65% completions. So I would say, wow. They got to the playoffs, so that's positive because they hadn't been to the playoffs in a decade. Aaron Rodgers... Um, and it's a close game, 37-31. Aaron Rodgers performed well. Does he come back? I think he does. I think he would come back because they were, what, two, two playoff games away from getting to the Super Bowl. So I think he comes back. Does Salah keep his job? I'm not sure. I would think he he has a chance to, but I'm not sure. That's just me. Um, if now if you're telling me that it's the same with them, right? That it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl. We gotta get to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl or bust. Then the answer would be no. <laughs> he would not keep his job because they didn't get to the Super Bowl. All right, very simple. He would not. But 11 and 6. 11 and 6 is not bad. 11 and 6 is not bad. But then, you know, what, what games did you lose that could have put you in a better position where maybe you, you know, maybe you missed wild card weekend, hypothetically, right? You lose that, you lose a wild card game. Maybe, you, maybe you, you lose a couple of games during the season that you had no business losing and it put you in that spot. You know, so that's 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 an interesting point. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Jeff fans, your thoughts on the upcoming season? Giant fans, will Saquon Barkley be in the lineup in the backfield for you, Week One against Dallas? Yankee fans, I'll just say this: I feel your pain. We'll take your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to the football calls in a second, but I just have to say this. Yankees are down 4 nothing. Rodon looks awful, but it, it's April for him. He's he Remember, he's, and what's scary for me in watching him is Quintana pitches tomorrow for the Mets. It'll be April for him too. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder what I'm... 
I wonder what I'm going to see tomorrow afternoon at City Field. <laughs> but right now, and I said this to Joe Leo, it's 4 nothing. The way the Yankees have been hitting, doesn't this game feel like it's over? Larry, you'd be lucky to have this team score four runs, five runs in a week at this point. I mean, you, you're looking at this, you're like, how are they going to score? How are they going to score? And Rizzo, boy, you talk about somebody needing a day. He, he needed a day. I hope it helps him out. He needed the, he's, he's been struggling. I mean, bad. He's been struggling bad. Like everybody else in the lineup. But I, Beatty, by the way, solo home run for the Mets. They lead one nothing, bottom three. And, but some of the pitches that he's swinging at, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you looking? What are you, what, what do you see? <laughs> I really, I would really like to be standing behind him in the batter's box. Looking at the pitch, and I'm like, I know it didn't break like that. If the pitch broke like that, that guy would be, I mean, he'd be a Cy Young candidate. 1-800-919-3776. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Larry, good evening. Good evening, We're Tommy. Fresh. What's happening, my friend? Well, it's not a great evening, you know, being a Yankee fan. It's just, yeah, uh, I understand. I, I, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not watching. I'm not. I'm not putting on Prime. I'm not committing to. I, it's the first game of the series. It's actually starting at a normal time. I'm, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> uh, Tommy, I understand. I understand. So, uh, do I need to give spoiler alerts when I'm about to give scores so you won't know what's going on? Do I need to do that for you, Tommy? Uh, well, no. I, I, well, I got you on speaker, and I hope the audio is okay. Is because I'm watching the uh, the game cast on the ESPN app and. That's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about I don't want to talk I baseball understand. right now. This, I got this, you. This, I got you. Believe me, I got stuff. you. So, I listen, I, I, Saquon's just such a good dude. I don't think he's going to withhold his services. Now, I know for a fact he's not going to step foot on the field in a single preseason game. I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know. If, I, I forget how it works with, like, the service time for it to be accredited year, whether it's X amount of, you know, games played or what, because he could have a couple phantom injuries, you know, back tightness, or, you know, pulled hamstring. Um, but I, part of me thinks he's just going to be a good soldier, soldier and work something out where, hey, you know, you're not franchising me again. Let me be a free agent next year. And, you know, if you're not going to sign me, you know, let let me go find somewhere else because he, he can't waste a year, right? You know, exactly. He's twenty five. You can't do the Lev Bell. It, it just doesn't work out. You're right, Tommy. And but see, here, here's the here's the only issue I have with that. And thanks for the phone call. And that's okay. Be a free agent and go where? Where's he gonna go? We've got so many guys running backs who are talented who have you know who are really good backs they don't have contracts so while in theory that is yes you're right Tommy that's the next option in which I alluded to kind of earlier hey listen I'll come don't don't franchise me next year let me be a free agent I'll make my own deal I'll go somewhere he might end up getting taking the pay cut 
because his leverage, as far as another team is concerned, why would you pay him? Okay, if the franchise tag is twelve million next year, why would you pay him more than what he was getting this year? This year, because he's still going to want a multi-year deal. He's not going to want to be in that situation where, you know, he, he's he's going for one year, maybe two, maybe you know, one year, two years, because the guaranteed money is is the issue with him. So even if they, even if he goes, French Giants don't don't franchise me. I want to be a free agent. He may end up getting a free agent, taking a franchise deal somewhere else, because of the situation with running backs in the National Football League. It's crazy. He's in the car. What's up, E? Taking the call, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for, thanks for taking the call. I don't know if I'm repeating myself. But uh, what you stated about taking the franchise tag is exactly what I thought when the offseason came. Due to the fact that as good as Saquon is and as potent he is to the offense, he's hardly ever played. This was the first full season that I can remember him having since he got drafted. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, as humble as a dude as Saquon has been since he's been here, because he doesn't seem like a very flamboyant type of player like a Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. and I respect him for that. Mm-hmm. With the proliferation of social media and like people like LeVar or Lamar Jackson and Odell making these outrageous demands, not so much Lamar, but Odell, Mm-hmm. Him, too, having all these injuries, and he wants, like, $18 million. And they go on social media, these athletes, and they rant about, you know, how upset they are about their value and stuff like that. Do you think that Saquon is at all influenced by what's going on around him instead of staying true to himself? E, I just think he's frustrated. Thanks for the phone call. I think he's frustrated. I think he's frustrated by the process. I think that he felt like a lot of us did that uh, ownership would step in because he looked from the business standpoint, he Joe Shane has no, he, he doesn't owe him anything. He didn't draft him. There's no loyalty. It's strictly business. No loyalty there. None. Same thing with Brian Dable. No loyalty. None. Yes. He was great for us last year. Yes. We want, yes, we want him back. Once again, the giants want him back. They just want him back at their price. And they, they offered, they came up with some other money. They, they came up with some other, you know, ideas, they came up with a couple of other offers and the, the the guaranteed money is the sticking point here. And so if you're Saquon Barkley, you're a little disillusioned. Management has treated you a certain way, but now this is business. And so I don't think he's being influenced. I think in a sense, he's kind of hurt. He's disappointed. Didn't expect it would be this, didn't expect it would take this long. Didn't expect the negotiations were going to go the way they did. He's frustrated. I get it. Justin's in Long Island. What's up, Justin? Larry, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Justin. What's happening, partner? Yeah, so uh, just real quick on Saquon. I called last night and talked about him a bit. Couldn't, you know, we talked about where would he go. Couldn't you just, I know it's tough to imagine right now, but couldn't you see him in a Ravens jersey at some point if this winds up not working out with the Giants? I don't know. He just seems like a raven to me. Something yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I guess so, but I, at what price, Justin? <laughs> That's the question. Very true. I guess, at uh, what price? We may find out, but 
Um, so a diehard Jets fan, I wanted to talk okay. a little bit about that season. Uh, sure. Lived through a lot of misery. I am I'm optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. Okay. Uh, but look, I I do think it'll work out. I think one piece that everyone keeps mentioning as negative is the offensive line, and I get it. We weren't great last year, but no one seems to remember that we were on third string and practice squad guys by what week seven, week eight. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone that started essentially went down, and we're getting one of the top interior offensive linemen back in Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, Dwayne Brown could still play. Lakin Tomlinson was a pro bowler at one point. The, the one area of weakness, Larry, was center, and we drafted that kid out of Wisconsin. If you, if you look historically, centers from the Big Ten tend to work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, look, Makai Becton, look, the, the guy's diet consists of, like, uh, McDonald's and Twinkies. So it's tough for him to stay healthy. But if he can get it together, he was a pro bowler his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He was. He's a pro bowl talent. So, look, I, I think, again, big question mark. If the Jets' O-line can stay healthy, can stay healthy, asterisk, I think it could be one of the strong points of, of this team. And I think, look, I mean, we could be 9-8, and eight, but at the end of the day, if, if we make the playoffs, we can go on a run because we've got the roster. So I, I think it, it'd be a win uh, uh, at this point for the Jets. All right, Justin, let me ask you this then. Aside from the offensive line, okay, and and aside from Aaron Rodgers, whom I will I will put in words in your mouth, which I shouldn't do, but I will assume you'll say you're not worried about Aaron Rodgers, right? You you you're you're pretty, you expect him to be Aaron Rodgers, right? Correct. Okay. What's the next thing that you're concerned about on this Jets team for this year? Wide receiver and running back depth. Okay. All right. Uh, you kind of want Dalvin I, Cook, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, it'd be a nice insurance policy. I've just seen guys tear their ACL, and it takes them a while to come back. Mm-hmm. Dalvin would look great in, in the green, mm-hmm. but then again, I mean, Michael Carter—he's okay. He's—he's a—you know—he's a change of pace back. We need right. a guy that could that could run the ball for a second down. I think Dalvin could, could do that. We could use him, mm-hmm. you know. And um, look, regarding Rogers, I'm, I tend to believe that he still got it. He may not be, you know. Actually, he won MVP two years in a row a few years ago. But, look, I think last year he was playing with a broken finger and with the Mm -hmm. team full of rookies and that he just wasn't invested. So I think we'll see a better, maybe not the best, but a better better version of Rodgers. And quite frankly, it's better than the worst quarterback room in the league, which is what we had last year. Yeah, you're right about that, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. This running back situation is intriguing. And it's intriguing to me because of the way Michael Carter played last year. Now, he had flashes. There were flashes that you saw from him last year. But it's not like how he was in his rookie year. And uh, listen, you know, coaches always love competition. They always tell you, oh, not like little competition brings out the best in everybody, blah, 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 blah. This is going to be an interesting year for Michael Carter. Okay? This is going to be year three for him. And I expected more from him last year than he got, than he gave. And so this year, he's got a golden opportunity because, Justin, you're right. You just never know how running backs are going to be. Plus, it's running back by committee anyway. I and mean, nobody has one back other than Derrick Henry. Nobody has a, one's a one back offense in the National Football League anymore. It's multiple guys. It's different looks. It's different things like that. So if he can be able to produce and if the offensive line can string themselves together, and give you some consistency and be healthy 
and build un a unit, you know, this could be a big year for Michael Carter, and it could help you at the running back position. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN.